Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. Welcome to today's episode. In this installment of our ongoing Lessons Learned series, we'll be exploring the critical topic of nonprofit administrative setup. Last month, we dove into our mission and vision statement, as well as our business plan, and we received a tremendous response from our listeners. Building on that momentum, we've decided to narrow our focus and dive even deeper into the day-to-day workings of our organization. As a nonprofit, we understand the importance of having a solid administrative system in place to ensure that our projects are a resounding success. With that in mind, we're excited to share our experiences, challenges, and most importantly, the valuable lessons we've learned along the way. Right. And today, we especially want to talk about our setup to running our operations efficiently. This mainly branches out into two different categories, documentation and communications. Documentation tools are extremely important for us as we continue to grow our organization, since it enables employees to easily access relevant information, which can then save time and reduce errors in the long run. On the other hand, communications tools can help us collaborate effectively, regardless of our physical location. And since remote working is so common post-COVID, that's the model Kayla and myself have adopted for Puget Sound project management volunteers. Even though we are physically in the same city, we don't meet in person for all our meetings. So the communications platforms that we're using can help us get messages instantly to eventually achieve our goals. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about talking about this one, but I want to talk about Zoom because we just had a little bit of fun with that one. I think everybody here knows that we are brand spanking new, like startup nonprofit. We don't have a lot of funding and a lot of things we're doing for free, uh, including Zoom. We have a free Zoom account and Zoom kicks you out after 40 minutes. Now, Carmen and I use Zoom regularly to communicate with each other. Um, but we use it more so that we can record this podcast. It, Carmen, remind me, it has something to do with the files, right? What What is that? Yeah, right. So both Teams and Zoom have the recording function that you can seamlessly record in the meeting itself and retrieve the files in either the cloud or in your personal drive. But the difference between the two is for Teams, a single file is generated as part of the recording. This is great for keeping things simple and organized. And for Zoom, there are a range of files that result from a recording. And there's one file in particular that I find incredibly helpful for editing a podcast. This is the audio-only file. It is perfect for isolating the audio and just getting it ready for editing. Yeah, which is great. But on on the other side of the coin, I guess you only get 40 minutes with a free subscription. So after 40 minutes, it either kicks you out or we have to be done, right? But a workaround that we've found is if you leave the meeting, but don't end it, you can come right back to the same meeting 
and just keep going. Like it's not a perfect solution, but it does work. So what's going well with Zoom is that it allows you to pull out the audio files for, for our podcast, right? What's not going so well is that the free version kicks us out after 40 minutes. Do you have any other thoughts on that or how we might want to use it differently in the future? Yeah, I want to say another alternative solution is to get a pay account so we won't <laughs> be kicked out after 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we discussed that and we talked about, you know, it would make sense if when we go back to having guests on the podcast because we want to make sure that we don't want to have to tell them like, by the way, it's going to end after 40 minutes. So just join back. That's not very professional, right? But when it's just you and me, it's working. It's just kind of a pain. Right. Yeah. We just know that this is the limitation. We just have to know to join back and we get kicked out at any time. So yeah, we're <laughs> finding a workaround to it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's get into what was we actually meant to talk about today. Uh, the first topic being SharePoint. Yeah, let's dive into it. SharePoint is such a powerful platform that has revolutionized the way we store and share documents within our organization. We use it as the primary tool for document management, SharePoint has enabled us to maintain an efficient and streamlined approach to our administrative setup, helping us to run our nonprofit smoothly. Kayla, do you remember how the idea to using the platform came about? Yeah, I think it, it came up because our parent organization has 0365 licenses and they use SharePoint. So I think it just kind of came with the package of you know, hey, here's a SharePoint site for you guys to use. And we started fiddling with it and decided that it was something we could use. I think something we really liked about it was access control, right? Keep our sensitive documents private, which is really, really helpful. But again, on the flip side, since we're talking about what's going well and what's not going well, our organization at least has it set up so we cannot share documents or the site with people who don't have our same domain name. So we cannot use this with the project managers that we're working with. There are a limited number of licenses, right? So those are reserved for PS, PMV board members only. It's for you and me. It's great for you and I to communicate, but when it comes to sharing documents with people outside of our organization, we have to think of a workaround. Right. And this doesn't just limit to the PMs, but also the nonprofits who we work with mm -hmm. too. They also don't have access to our SharePoint just because they don't carry the same domain name. So how we have been going around this is to communicate with them via email. If there's anything that we want to share, we would just be saving the attachment and uploading them into the email body itself. That's true. And we've also set up, I think for each of our PMs, we've set up a OneDrive folder, which is obviously separate from SharePoint, but those we can share with people outside of our organization. And I think some of our PMs, they want us to provide them with a platform for sharing documents. And since we can't use SharePoint, OneDrive was our workaround. This kind of like disperses things, right? Now we have some things on SharePoint. We have some things on OneDrive, even duplicates in some instances. So it's a little difficult to manage, but there are some positives about keeping documents on SharePoint, right? You mm -hmm. want to talk about, about that? Yeah, for sure. It has helped us to collaborate better since we can keep things organized and in one location. Everything is stored in a centralized place, making it easy to locate. 
Also, it promotes real-time collaboration, allowing us to work together on the same document simultaneously. We can share information and ideas seamlessly, leading to increased productivity. Another pro is that it allows us to track changes. This feature is especially useful when working with others and needing to keep track of changes made to a document. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that in Word. And I think, you know, Word in general has track changes. But when you start to, to combine that with SharePoint, you can put a Word document on SharePoint, enable track changes. And then if I change something, you, Carmen, can come into the document. You'll see what I deleted. You'll see what I added. But then again, like the real the real power behind that is I can put a comment in. I can at mention you and say, hey, Carmen, I changed this thing take a look at it. Let me know what you think. And that just like, instead of having to attach emails to documents and send versions back and forth and keep track of versions, that really makes that a lot easier. So I like that. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Another Mm -hmm. thing I like about SharePoint is it integrates with other tools. Um, So it integrates with our email, which we'll talk about later, our Outlook, and also Teams. That's something we use very commonly to communicate with each other. Yeah, another thing that I really like about it is that it integrates with Power Automate, which we will also talk about later. Um, But we've set up several lists on SharePoint, which is basically like a slightly clunkier version of Excel. That's what a list is. But the real power of it is that you can start to use automations with those lists and with other platforms. So We'll talk about that later, but I do really like that aspect of it. How about like what could go better? What could go better with SharePoint, Carmen? Well, yeah, I think one area that SharePoint can be improved is its search capability. There have been times when I find it challenging to locate specific files or documents. Enhancing the search capability can absolutely improve the overall user experience, making it easier to manage and locate the content more efficiently. Yeah, that search function. I also know that like I do most of our SharePoint administration, right? I set up the site and add lists and do all that fun stuff. And for me, it's pretty clunky. It is not easy to use. It's not user-friendly. I have to Google how to do most things. (laughs) I was doing it earlier today. I was just trying to figure out how to, in a list, create an attachment column. I just couldn't figure it out. And I'm, I'm pretty savvy with technology. So I had to Google it just to figure out how to do that. I got it, but it should not be taking me as long as it does take me just because of, of the clunky nature of it. So that could definitely be better. And then we also mentioned the license limitations, right? It costs their limitations to licenses because of that. Only you and I have a license. We can't use it outside of the organization things like that. But I think that's what could go better. What about, what do you think we could do differently in the future with SharePoint? I feel like a lot of the cons goes back to resource limitation. This brings us to the mission of why we wanted to start PESPNV2 is because we have seen these limitations in nonprofits in which we are experiencing them ourselves. That's why we are wanting to lend this helping him to these nonprofits. And going back to your question, Kayla, about what we could have done differently in the future. I know SharePoint has this dashboard and reporting feature to which users can create and display reports based on collected data. It is something we can consider down the line to help track and analyze our data, whether it be the hours that the PMs are spending on each of the project 
or even just marketing data, we can then monitor the key metrics and eventually make data-driven decisions. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that. I also think like something I'd like to change in the future, but as we use SharePoint more heavily, I'm not sure that I ever will, is that we had a SharePoint site, right? And then we stood up a separate team on the application teams. We we stood up a team and I logged into SharePoint later. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, there are two SharePoint sites. What I did not realize is when you stand up a team in Teams, it automatically stands up a SharePoint site. So any documents that you drop in that team will flow to that SharePoint site automatically. You can also like set up a OneNote and link the OneNote into Teams, which will then flow onto SharePoint. Like it's a very circular, holistic solution. Now we have this problem where we have a separate SharePoint site and then a separate Teams team and they're, they're not talking to each other at all. So I would love to change that. But at this point, I think we've set up a lot of automations with Power Automate. We've set up a lot of lists. And I just don't know that that heavy lift would be worth the change. The same thing with our OneNote notebook, right? We had that set up before we got SharePoint or Teams So our OneNote notebook is not at all integrated with our SharePoint site. It's a a separate notebook. So even though we have this O365 tool, which encompasses and includes OneNote, SharePoint, Power Automate, Teams, because we didn't use it right, because we weren't aware of how to set it up correctly to begin with, like we just have some weird redundancies or things that could be connected that aren't connected. So If you, the listener, are ever going to set up a SharePoint site or have O365, I would just be very aware of how all of these things integrate and talk to each other, because if you have an understanding of that, I think it's really powerful, but it can really be annoying if you don't set it up right to begin with. So I know we mentioned Power Automate a couple times, but we haven't talked about what it is or what it does. Uh, Carmen, you want to walk us through that? Yeah, Power Automate is a cloud-based service which allows users to create automated workflows between different applications and services. It is designed to streamline and automate repetitive tasks and processes. It integrates with a wide range of Microsoft and third-party applications. Kayla, I know you deal with this more than I do. Can you tell us about what's going well and what could go better in the future? Yeah, for sure. First of all, I love technology. And second of all, I have a very like efficiency-minded brain. So if I can find things that we, like repetitive things that we can automate now as we're not that busy, that's like where my mind is going. One day, hopefully, we will have more work than we can handle and we won't have time to be fiddling with SharePoint sites and manually logging things So I've set up a few things. That's your trade of project managers showing up. Having that continuous improvement mindset, oh, this is not how it's supposed to be. It's so repetitive. I'm doing the same manual process over and over again. (laughs) Okay, let's think of a different way of doing this thing. Yeah, I'm very much a process improvement, project management sort of person. I actually am studying to get my Lean Six Sigma certification. That's a whole separate thing, but my mind automatically goes to, how could we make this better? 
So one thing that we have set up is there's just an Excel file where we ask our PMs to log their hours and we log our hours there as well, just so we can see how much time we spend on things. And rather than sending an email, remembering to send an email every month with like an Excel spreadsheet attached that says, everybody fill this out, send us back to us. And then we like merge everything. What I've done is I've set up the Excel sheet I have saved it on OneDrive. And then I set up a Power Automate workflow to trigger once a month. And what it does is it sends a message to Slack and it says, hey, remember to fill in your hours for this past month. And then there's a link to the Excel sheet. So at this point, I have to do nothing. I have to remember nothing. Power Automate does it all for me which is really exciting. And I think the negative to that though, is like, there's just one automated message that goes out to everybody that says, hey, do this. There's no accountability, right? I think people are a lot less inclined to actually do something when a robot is asking them to do it mm -hmm. and when a real person is asking them to do it. But I like that I don't have to remember to do it to begin with. And then if I go look at the sheet and I see someone hasn't filled it in, then yeah, I can go follow up with them and be like, hey, put in your hours, please. It's important. So that's one thing that's really cool. Another thing that I've set up is that it integrates with Microsoft forms. You and I have, we have a few forms, but two of the big ones are one for prospective project managers to fill out and one for nonprofits to fill out to request a project. So the workflow that I've set up is, it's the same for both of these forms. When a form is filled out and submitted, we get both an email and a Teams notification in a, a Teams channel that says, hey, someone filled out this form. And then it actually lists, I think one of them does this and I have to go fix the other one, <laughs> but it lists you know, the things that are in the form, like the name and why the person is interested and how many hours a month they want to work. So we can just see it right there. We don't even have to go into forms and download the form and like save it somewhere and all of that stuff. So that's really cool too. There's another automated thing. And then something I'm working on now is, I think we talked about in our last episode, how we got our first grant and we're really excited about it, but that this is totally me. <laughs> I wanted some accounting structure behind it. So I am setting up a form for an expense reimbursement that we will fill out and you must attach a receipt and you know fill out certain aspects about the expense. But then once that form is submitted, if I submit it, you're going to get a, a request through Power Automate that says, please approve this expense. If you submit it, I'm going to get a request that says, please approve this expense. So we can kind of keep track of, of what, what each other is spending. And then that expense, um, all the information about it, plus the receipt, it's going to flow to SharePoint, which will be keeping a running list and then like a bank balance. And one which kind of brings me to like what, so those are all things that are going well, but what's not going so well is that, again, it's hard to use. While it is supposed to be a plug and play, like low code solution, I would not call it a complete no code solution because there are things in there that are just, they are very confusing. And I think you need to understand programming 5% <laughs> maybe to get it. 
but I find myself again, Googling things. It's not so intuitive, right? And for that reason, I would recommend that if someone's going to use Power Automate, make sure that it is a high value, repetitive process. Like be prepared for that steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically you're saying don't use Power Automate for every little tiny thing. The only thing I do differently with this in the future, I might take a course on it, but all of the use cases for Power Automate are so specific. And because it attaches to so many different flexible platforms, of course, like it, it can high level be educational, but I really think you kind of just need to get in there and start playing with it and break things and get messy, you know, just learn to use it that way. But, you know, a course could be on the horizon. I know Power Automate has templates in it. Have you been able to use some of those? Yeah, it does have templates. You have to be careful with them because I find some of them are outdated and they haven't been updated by whatever Microsoft team it is that runs Power Automate. So yes, some of them are helpful. If you type into the search function on Power Automate and say like record a forms submission on SharePoint, it'll pop up with some suggestions. And I think a couple of those have worked for me, but sometimes I have to make, I have to make some changes. So that's a really good question. I, I would leverage those, just be aware that they might not work perfectly the first time around. podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Fill out the form in our show notes to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager, 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. all day about this like techie stuff because I like getting in and fiddling with things like this but let's talk about something else let's talk about Outlook now I know everybody knows Outlook so we don't need to talk about what it does per se but Carmen why don't you run us through how we're using it and some of the lessons learned for sure Outlook we mainly use it to communicate within our organization and also externally to our stakeholders we use it for email communications to send and receive messages and also share attachments with each other. I really like the simple interface of Outlook because it is easy to navigate to be able to click on the different options. Another important feature of Outlook is the integration with our calendar. This allows us to coordinate schedules and also stay organized, ensuring that we don't miss any important appointments or deadlines, especially with so many things going on at once. And lastly, I really enjoy the integration of Outlook with other tools such as Microsoft Teams, SharePoint, and other related applications. This has helped us to streamline our workflow and improve collaboration across different teams and projects. I know that Outlook is like very highly 
personalized. And the way that I use it, I use it you know, obviously for emails and that sort of stuff, but I also, I'll set up folders for every topic basically. And then I will create something called a category, which is like these little colored cards that, <laughs> that are a category. And I will name that category the same thing as my folder. And then I'll go one step further and I'll create a quick step in Outlook that says, all I have to do is like click a button and it will move that message to the appropriate folder. It will mark it as red and it will add the correct category to the message as well. So if I'm wanting to run a really quick search, like I can either look in that folder or I can run a search for that category. Maybe I forgot to tag something or maybe I forgot to move it to the folder, especially if it's a sent item and it will, I'll find it that way. So like, that's a pretty cool way to use power of Outlook. And we have an alias too, right? Yeah, that's true. So alias for people who don't know is it doesn't have an inbox attached to it. But when someone sends an email to that email address, we which we call the alias, it would be distributed to the individuals who are in that distribution group. So we have an alias called info at pmv.org and Kayla and myself are both in it. So when someone sends an email to that address, we both would get a message from that individual which is super cool. Yeah, actually, I think it's puget.info at pmv.org, just in case anybody wants to use it to get in contact with us. But you know, both of our names are kind of difficult to spell. So when it came to how do we tell people verbally on you know a podcast episode, how do they contact us? We're like, it eh, doesn't necessarily make sense to put our names in there. We're gonna have to spell it. But puget.info at pmv.org is much easier to say. It's much easier for people to hear. And then if they send something to that alias, we both get the notification. So that's a pretty cool thing to set up. If you're not familiar with aliases, I suggest it highly. And now that we have talked about the pros of using Outlook, Kayla, can you think of some of the negatives that have arisen from using the system? Absolutely. I am a professional complainer. Um, <laughs> one of my gripes about Outlook is calendar management. It is a pro, but it's also a con and it could be better, particularly for me. You, know, you and I both work other jobs full time, right? And my job is particularly insane most of the time. And I find myself managing three calendars. I have my PMB calendar, I have my personal calendar, and then I have my work calendar. And for things PMV related that happen to happen during the workday, I actually find I'm like forwarding calendar invites to myself, to my other email addresses so that I don't accidentally miss something. That's a pain. Something like Calendly does not help me because... I work for a law firm and they're, they're particularly strict on their security, which totally makes sense, but I cannot hook something like Calendly up to my work email. It's just, it's not a thing. So my only solution is sending calendar invites back and forth to myself. And that is a bit annoying. Another thing that I think could go better with Outlook was actually, it was something I thought was going well <laughs> at first. One of our gripes was like, Okay, it's another O365 thing. You can only use it with people who are in your account, who have your domain name. So at PMV for certain things, right? Certain things that integrate. And one of those things we found is calendars. You, I can see your calendar, you can see mine, but obviously we cannot see the calendar of someone outside of our organization. And I found this very cool Outlook integration called Find Time. 
And what it does is it creates a poll. You can set up a poll for meeting times and people vote in that poll. Once everybody has voted, it will flow back to the organizer. organizer. And if there's consensus on a date, it will actually automatically schedule a meeting for that day with a Teams link and everything. It's really cool. But when I started using it, um, people I was sending it to got confused. They didn't understand how to use it. There's no really clear, like, click here to vote in the poll. Like, it's it's a little confusing. And I think that could be better. Like, it's it's a tool that I would love to harness a little bit more. I think it's just confusing to the people who are receiving the invites. Right. Is there anything else you would do differently for Outlook? I think I would just harness the powers of O365 a little bit more. There are a lot of integrations with, you know, Teams and OneNote that I just know nothing about because I haven't spent the time to do it. But I think that there's really something to look into there for the future. Now that we have looked at three different platforms, how Automate, SharePoint, and Outlook, there's one more system that we want to dive into to learn about what has gone well for us, what could have gone better, and what could we do differently later on. This is Slack. Most of you might be familiar with Slack. It is an instant messaging and collaboration tool, which allows users to communicate and collaborate in real time. It provides more of that informal, quick messaging to each other. It includes features such as chat channels, private messages, and also allows file sharing to the people that you're talking to. You can do note to self too, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've used that before. Like sometimes I want to write something to remind myself. That's what I would use. Something I really like about Slack is, like I said earlier, it has that real-time communication which allows everyone to collaborate more effectively. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just have private messages. You can actually do video calls there too, that you can just click the button and you can see people in real time. Is there something else that you like Slack for, Kayla? You know, I have to admit, I think most people love Slack. I I don't, Uh, (laughs) even though I was the one that encouraged us to use it. I've run into some problems with it before, like getting it to load, like switching between organizations is a problem. I haven't had it recently, but for a while, like it would not switch between organizations. At least it wouldn't do it on the application. It would only do it on the web version. And then I couldn't get the application to launch from the web version. It was like, maybe it was just a temporary bug that they fixed, but it was the first time, like my first experience using Slack. So it really put a sour taste in my mouth. But we use it because we do need an instant messaging platform for the PMs that we work with. Again, this is a licensing issue with O365. We can't use Teams with them. They don't have a license. So we needed something just real quick where if we wanted to say, hey, how's it going? Or, hey, we'll see you at the event tonight. We can just really quickly message them. And and I kind of do think for that, given our constraints, it is the best solution. What do you think about like some things that could go better with this? Yeah, using the free version of Slack, there are several limitations, one of which is the message retention policy. In the free version, we can only store messages for up to 90 days. And after that period, the messages are automatically deleted and we can no longer access them. Another limitation with the free version is the limited file storage space, the limited integration options, and also a smaller number of customizable options compared to the pay plans. This hasn't raised any concerns for us now. 
just because we haven't used the platform extensively. Messages and files, right? They get deleted. So again, for this reason, this is why we had to stand up a, a OneDrive for our PMs because that won't get deleted. So like all these different platforms that we're cobbling together into a, a solution that works for us, but you know that might not work for everybody. What about something we might do differently in the future, Carmen? Yeah, maybe we could take a look at other platforms. I know Discord is super popular now. Uh, people also getting that instant messaging, something we can look into because it's free and also doesn't delete any messages and files. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think we've hit most of our administrative setup. Well, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into our podcast this week on the ins and outs of our admin setup. We hope you've gained some valuable insight into the benefits and drawbacks of using tools such as SharePoint, Power Automate, Outlook, and Slack. Hopefully you can learn from some of our successes and some of our challenges. I do wanna mention after our last podcast, we got some feedback in the survey that's posted in the survey notes. And it was really good feedback that gave us an idea for future episodes. So. I want to encourage our listeners to fill that out. It only takes a couple minutes. It's really helpful. We want to know what you want to hear about from us. We need ideas too. So fill that out, you know, do us a solid, only takes a couple minutes and we would appreciate it. And we look forward to you tuning into our next show, which is going to be on everything social media. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.